Amen. Praise the Lord. It's time to look to the Word, receive the daily bread, food of God for our souls. The title, the title today is Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. I want to talk about our life before the Lord in the many aspects that it unfolds. And I want to begin with the scripture today, Genesis 32, concerning Jacob and the wrestling that he had with God and God with him. Last Sunday, I spoke on the message more than conquerors and noted how the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 said, in all these things we are more than conquerors. And he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? There is no person that can separate or hinder us from our calling in God, our completion in God, our fullness in God. He said, who shall separate? And then he went on to list 17 different things shall tribulation, famine, persecution, peril, sword, height, depth, all these many things. He said, can any of these separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord? He says, nothing can separate us. And we know that there are many situations of life. We face many circumstances. We go through much processing. There are many different factors that move upon our lives. But in all these things, the Bible says, we are more than conquerors. The Lord has given us an overcoming spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit and the power of God that we can rule and reign in the midst of life and in our circumstances. And we can persevere and overcome. What a glorious gospel we have. What a glorious Savior we have. We noted in Ephesians chapter 6, 12, how the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness. And how the Amplified brings out that the wrestling is against principalities and powers, but there is also a wrestling against flesh and blood. For it says we do not wrestle only against physical opponents. We're not contending only with physical opponents, but with principalities and powers. And we saw that there are four wrestlings that take place with flesh and blood. There are four wrestlings in the realm of flesh and blood. And then we have number five, the wrestling against principalities and powers. We wrestle against Satan, against the forces of darkness, the enemy of our souls. And the Bible says we must resist him steadfast in the faith, like Jesus did. Every thought, every accusation, every word of the enemy, we respond with, it is written, it is written, it is written. We take up the shield of faith and we pierce the enemy with the sword. That's wrestling number five. And then we noted two more. You add them up, there's seven. Genesis 32, 24 to 31. God wrestling with Jacob. And Jacob wrestling with God. God wrestling with you. And how you need to wrestle with God. Genesis 32, 24. Then Jacob was left alone. And a man, the son of man, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against Jacob. He touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as God wrestled with him. And the Lord said, <clears throat> let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go until or except you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Heel grabber, one who takes by the heel, perhaps a planter. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, 
a prince with God, one who fights victoriously with God, one who strives with God. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. There's the wrestling. You've struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And God blessed Jacob there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, or Peniel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. These are the final struggles that I want to bring to our attention today. God struggling with Jacob, God wrestling with Jacob, and Jacob wrestling with God. We need God to wrestle with us. God wants to wrestle. God will wrestle with us against our Jacob nature, against our flesh life, against our human strength, against the character flaw that is in our life, against the aspects of our life that are not yet Christ-like. The Lord will contend with those in our life because he wants to set us free from ourselves. We need to be set free from ourselves so we can walk in the liberty of the sons of God. We need our nature broken out of us and we need the nature of Christ so we can truly be set free and walk in the freedom of God. For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Jacob was wrestling with God because Jacob realized that he needed change, that he needed transformation. He didn't want to remain as he was. He knew his Jacob nature. He knew yet what lingered inside of him. He said, God, I'm desperate for you. I want you to change me. I want you to break the Jacobness out of me so I can have the Christ-likeness in me. He began to contend for the promises of God. He was invoking the great I Am name. He was pleading the promise of God upon his life. Jacob struggling with God. Jacob wrestling with God so he could rise in the power of a greater spiritual life. Listen, if we, if we don't wrestle with God, we cannot get blessed. If we do not wrestle with God, if we cannot, do not contend for his promises, if we do not contend for the breaking of our nature, we cannot be blessed. Oh, we may gain stuff in life. See, Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Now, Jacob had lots of stuff in life. He had lots of increase. He had more increase and possessions than most of us will ever see. But he wasn't content with that. He said, I need to be blessed of God. I will not let you go until you bless me. Because what Jacob was talking about and what I'm talking about this morning is a blessing that is far deeper than something on the in outside. It's on the inside of a person. It's our spiritual inheritance. It's our kingdom inheritance. It's a generational blessing that lasts in our family for generations to come because the power of God has worked in us to bring forth the kingdom of God. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. If you don't wrestle with God, if you don't contend for the promises of God, if you're not found in intercessions and pleadings before the Lord, you can't get blessed. And if you do wrestle with God, you'll be touched by the Lord and you'll be crippled in the flesh. And you will walk different from that point onward. And men will mock you and people may laugh at you because your walk is different and you're a little awkward 
at times, and your gait is a little unsightly. You may not be as attractive to the natural man. You won't be. But broken in the flesh, broken in the flesh, we can reign with God in the Spirit. And Jacob that day, as he was touched by the presence of the Lord, and his life was broken out, and that Jacob nature was suppressed in him and broken out of him, those chains were broken. The Bible says he rose up with a new name. God says you've struggled with God and with men, and you have prevailed, you have overcome. Your name is no longer Jacob. I've broken that heel grabber spirit. I've broken that self-advantage out of you. I've broken that pride out of you. And now you are a prince with God. You will reign as a prince with God. You will walk with victory in your life. Hallelujah. Number one this morning, sometimes God gives you a limp. <laughs> sometimes God gives you a limp. At least that, that's what it appears like outwardly. But in spiritual realms, it's spiritual armor. Let's look at 1 Peter 4, 1 to 2. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. What a powerful scripture. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourself. He said, this is armor. This will protect you. Arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts and the desires of men, but for the will of God. God working in us, breaking the flesh life, so we're not driven by passions and desires of the world anymore, but we can live fully in the will of God and enjoy the liberty of the sons and daughters of God. Those that suffer in the flesh, what are these sufferings, these refinings, these processings of God that take place? I don't understand it all. This scripture, but I know it's true. There's a mystery in it. There's a marvel in it. That as God breaks the flesh life, as we suffer in the flesh, as God deals with us and refines us and processes us, there's a change, there's a transformation that takes place in our life. And we rise in victory. We rise in maturity. We rise in the power of God. No longer serving the lusts of men, but living in the will of God. Now the way God's judgments come upon us for these are the judgments of the Lord. These are the sufferings of the Lord. These are the merciful refinings of the Lord in our life. The main way that God deals with us is by his word and by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. The Holy Spirit comes on our life as fire and he begins to burn in us. He begins to change us. There's chaff inside of us. There's dross inside of us and the Holy Spirit goes to work. And we must be sensitive to the convicting word of the Holy Spirit as he directs us so we can discern between right and wrong. The word of God is first and foremost in our life as well. Psalm 19 says the judgments of the Lord, his righteous rulings, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And by them we're purified and by them we're warned. 
So we receive the judgments of the Lord. Whatever God says, we obey. Those are the judgments of the Lord, and they come against our life. And sometimes we feel the judgment of the Lord. I'm not walking in the obedience of the Lord in that area. I'm not worshiping the way the Lord says. I'm not serving the way the Lord says. And the judgments of the Lord come upon our life through his word, and we receive it. The Bible says if we would judge ourselves, we will not be judged. 1 Corinthians 11, if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. How do we judge ourselves? Again, by the word of the Lord and by the Holy Spirit. We stay sensitive to the Lord. We walk in his word. We obey his principles, his counsel. We don't want to set ourselves against the word of God. If we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. But then the apostle went on to say, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. We are disciplined of the Lord, for the Lord chastens every son whom he loves, just like natural fathers and mothers do. When we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we would not be condemned with the world. That we would not be condemned with the world. That we would not fall into sinfulness and error and find our way under the wrath of God, but unto salvation, unto the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Arm yourselves. This is the armor of God. Receive the limp. Receive the processing. Receive the judgments of the Lord in your life, for they will do you good. I knew a man years ago in the house of God that began to play loose with the bride of Christ, the church. And he began to play loose with his own bride, his wife. And this went on for some time, and the man of God who I knew was concerned and would speak to this man. But one day he went to this man with the word of the Lord. And he had Proverbs 29, verse 1 in his heart. And by the word of the Lord he said, He that being often reproved hardens his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. And it wasn't but a short time after that this man suffered a mild stroke and how happy he was to return to his loving and caring wife and faithful wife and to return to the house of the Lord in repentance and humility. And that man walked in humility the rest of his life with tears in his spirit and rejoicing in the Lord. And in his old age, he lived to an old age, and he went on to be in the presence of the Lord. Say, Pastor Ron, you're scaring me now. <laughs> it's okay, you won't die. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. I don't know about you, but I've experienced the judgments of the Lord in a physical way. Sometimes in the flesh, but many times in circumstances and natural areas of life, the Lord is correcting. I can think back over the years of my life, back to my youth, times when the Lord put a judgment through that protected and saved my life from foolishness and error. The corrections of the Lord. Sometimes God gives you a limp. Sometimes God gives you a limp. And while other people are laughing, on the outside and mocking and jeering you you're laughing on the inside Amen. and you're singing praises because you know what God did in your life 
to change you and bring you forth in his image, in his will, and in his purpose. Number two today, sometimes we give ourselves a limp. And what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? A sin we sinned, a mistake we made, an indiscretion, a regret that lingers in our life. There's only one thing to do when you give yourself a limp, and that is yield to the Lord and repent because the Lord restores the fallen and the Lord revives the weary. Tell my disciples and Peter. The Lord hadn't seen Peter yet after his denial, after the death, burial, and resurrection, but he said to the women that came to the empty tomb, tell my disciples and Peter, because he knew what Peter was struggling with. Peter had given himself a limp. Just a few days before the crucifixion, just a few days before at the eve of the crucifixion, Peter had so boldly and courageously announced, said, Lord, even if all others forsake you, even if these other disciples forsake you, I will never forsake you. I will even go to prison, Lord, and I will surely die with you, if need be. And yet a few hours after he said those remarks, he couldn't even handle the rebuff of a little maiden. Tradition tells us that for the rest of Peter's life, every time he heard a rooster crow, tears filled his eyes at the regret of having, having let down the Lord. Tell my disciples and Peter, what do you do with a limp like that? You do what Peter did. You get into the presence of God. You repent. You get into the upper room and you get filled with the Holy Ghost. And it wasn't a few days after that that Peter stood with his heart brimming with gospel fire as he preached on the day of Pentecost. And he's one of the men alongside Paul who broke open the world of their day to the gospel. What do you do with a limp? You repent and you return to God and you yield your life to the Lord. Samson. What a regret in his life. A moral failure. So used of God. Walking in the miracle power of God. But that moral failure cost him his ministry and it cost him his eyes. It cost him his vision. And now he walked like a donkey around in the millstones, pulling the millstones, hitched up like a donkey in the prison house, grinding meal. And people mocked and laughed at what he'd done, the foolishness of that preacher, that man of God, that person, that moral failure, how silly he was. But Samson began to pray. He repented, and thank God his prayer is recorded on the Bible, round and round, hitched up like a donkey. He pulled that millstone to grind the flour, but he was praying. He said, oh, Lord God, Adonai Jehovah, Remember me, I pray. Remember me and strengthen me, O God, that I can avenge, be avenged upon those Philistines, upon the enemy of my soul, that which the enemy took from me, that I can be avenged on that, on that enemy and break his power and bring deliverance to the people of God. Round and round, I wonder thousands of times, remember me, O Lord God. Strengthen me, O Lord God. He was so broken now that 
A little child could lead him. So humble now that a little lad could lead him. The charisma, the personality, the self-strength in the man broken out. Now a little child could lead him. And the day came when the Philistine lords and ladies said, let's bring forth this man Samson and let's mock him and let's laugh at him. And they brought him into the house of Dagon, their god. And Samson said to the little lad, let me feel the pillars of darkness in the temple of Dagon. The lad put, his, put Samson's hands on the two central pillars of that house where 3,000 lords and ladies were banqueting and rejoicing over Samson. He stretched out his hands, his two hands, praise and prayer, worship and intercession. And the Bible says he bowed with all his might against those pillars. And those pillars cracked and they fell. And Samson brought down more people in his latter day than in all former days combined. 3,000 principalities, 3,000 rulers of darkness were brought down in that one day. If you've given yourself a limp, Repent and return to the Lord. He restores. He'll lift you up. You can live in the power of God. Don't let your limp become a loser's limp. That you limp the rest of your life. You say, Lord, by your power, I will run more swiftly. I will walk more securely than I ever have because of your work of restoration in my life. Remember me, O God, and strengthen me. Sometimes we give ourselves a limp. And number three today, Sometimes we are born with a limp. And there are not many people that aren't. Sometimes we're born with a limp, an inability, an incapability, an incapacity. We wish we were better. We wish we were smarter. We wish we were better looking. We wish we were more talented, more accepted, more received by people struggle with our weakness, struggle with our personality, struggle with our circumstances, maybe who we are, where we are, how we were raised, what took place in our life. Sometimes we're born with a limp. And again, it's something we must yield to the Lord because he wants to take us from where we are. He wants to use us as we are. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord made us, and now he's guiding us, and now he's taking us. And a lot of times, and most times, he wants us to learn how to use that limp in our life for the glory of God, for strength, not weakness. The Lord called Moses. Moses, I, I want to use you. I, I want you to speak for me. I want you to declare the word of the Lord. I want you to set people free. I want to use you. Moses said, Lord... I cannot speak. Lord, I cannot speak. I am not eloquent. I, my, I am slow of speech and I am slow of tongue. Lord, I don't have utterance. I can't do what you've called me to do. And he began to resist the Lord and he resisted the Lord so strongly. He said, Lord, even though your call has come, yet I'm still not eloquent, yet I still cannot respond to your word to my life and what you're calling me to do. And the Lord was so angry. The Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Moses, all right, I will use your brother Aaron. 
And I'll give you the word, but he will be the spokesperson. But how beautiful on the pages of the Bible, as noted by F.B. Meyer, how silent it's not even mentioned. But Moses found his voice. And he overcame that reluctance. He overcame that limp in his life. He learned how to yield it to the Lord. And after a while, a few months later, we find him standing alongside Aaron. And sometimes Aaron spoke, and sometimes Moses and Aaron spoke, and sometimes on his own, apart from Aaron, Moses delivered the word of the Lord. He'd yielded that limp to the Lord. I can't speak. I'm not able. I'm not eloquent. He yielded it to the Lord. And because of it, the Lord overcame and used him in that weakness. Because out of weakness, we can be made strong. The Apostle Paul had his critics. 2 Corinthians 10.10 For his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Paul put this in his own book. That was the charge. That was the slight against Paul. His letters are good, but his bodily presence is weak. His speech is contemptible. He doesn't have the looks of a Christian celebrity. He doesn't have the charisma, the personality of a charismatic leader he's not a silver-tongued orator Paul was secure in Christ so secure in Christ that he could even pen the depreciation of him because he knew when I'm weak then am I strong and the power of Christ rests on my life Hallelujah. Bodily presence weak, speech contemptible. In that weakness, I will draw close to the Lord. I will come with all mercy before the Lord. I will come that God will strengthen me. I will come that God can overcome that limp in my life and whatever it is that would hold me back, that which even other people would laugh at and jeer at in my life, I will yield myself to the Lord so fully that God's power can rest upon me and he can use me exactly as he wants, how he wants and where he wants wants Paul had a limp and yet he said yet I run not as uncertainly he said I run I press toward the mark for the fullness of God in my life and nobody ever ran in the pages of history no apostle ever ran and lived like the apostle Paul he overcame the limp he yielded it to the Lord is there something in your life today? It's a limp. How you feel about yourself. What other people say about you. Sometimes words wound us right from childhood. Things said to us by children at school. Maybe things said by parents. Things you hear down through the years about your life and criticisms and critiques. And they can wound your spirit. But you can't let that limp become a loser's limp. You say, Lord, I'm going to yield that limp to you. And you're going to use me for your glory the way you want. I'm not my own, I'm yours. You know, a short while ago, 
a short while ago, I endured a slight against me. And my immediate reaction was to, at flesh life, to defend myself. But you have to let that flash flood shoot by. Did I say flash flood or did I say flesh flood? When there's a critique, when there's a slight, when there's words spoken, when there's something said against you, you have to let the flesh flood go by. And if you'll listen, you'll hear the still small voice of the Lord. As it says in 1 Kings 19, in the marginal, the sound of gentle stillness. You let the flesh flood go by and you will hear the voice of the Lord if you listen and open to it and you will hear the voice of the Lord in your life. And the Lord said to me over that slight, he said, don't regard it. While they're laughing on the outside, you're laughing on the inside because you know who you are, a prince with God. Psalm 139. Worship team, come please. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them, were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake in the morning, you're still thinking of me. All through the night and all day, when I awake, I am still with you. You're still thinking of me. If there's one verse out of this passage you should have memorized, it's verse 14. And when you get up in the morning, and when you feel the limp, you say, I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. And you walk out in the will of God for the day, and you walk in the power of God, and you reign over, over life, and you reign in your circumstances, because the Lord will guide you and use you to fulfill his will. What a wonderful Savior! What a wonderful Savior! This morning, would you yield your limp to the Lord? Yield yourself to the Lord. Any struggle about yourself, circumstances of life. Maybe you've given yourself a limp. It's kind of haunting you all the days of your life. Give it over to Jesus this morning. Repent, return to the Lord. Don't let that limp become a loser's limp in your life. You can run more swiftly than you ever have as you yield in your brokenness to the Lord and walk on in the power of God. Things about your character and life that you struggle with, maybe you feel mocked and jeered at times, yield that to the Lord. That is not going to hold you back from the will of God. 
For when you're weak, the power of God rests on your life and God can raise you up for his glory and his ministry. So let's take a few moments. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. Let the Lord deal with your heart, your circumstances, your life, your pain, your wounds. Say, Lord, today, today is the day that my distress ends. I'm going to run with you. I'm going to run with you. In the name of the Lord. Pastor Mark.